This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. How scary must it have been for Mary? Seriously. We don't often think about that, but actually how daunting, how scary, how awesome was it to be Mary right then? Let's have a pray before we launch into this. Father God, I really need your help this morning. So I pray that you bring through me everything you want people to receive. I pray for open minds and hearts. And I pray for clear delivery. And I pray against distraction in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, what exactly had Mary agreed to that we saw there where Mary's talking to Elizabeth? Well, here's the account from the Gospel of Luke, and I've asked my friend John to come and read it. John is actually one of the founding trustees of Hope Church, so um, he is connected to us. (laughs) So this is from uh, Luke 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who, has, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Thank you. (coughs) Thank you, John. Okay, today I'm going old school. I plan to deliver a five-point sermon, and here are the five points. Number one, God calls us. Number two, because he favours us. Number three, we get to choose to come into agreement with his call on us. Number four, 
it won't be easy or smooth. It won't always be easy or smooth, although in my experience it just won't be. Um, <laughs> number five, <laughs> but it will include joy. Hallelujah. Let's get to that fifth point quick. Okay, so the first point is God calls us. Oh, if only it were as simple as it was for Mary. God calls us. His call on Mary, she got a full angel, a whole angel standing before her and giving her a message directly from the throne of God. You know? Um, Loud and clear, there was no mistake in the message. Not only that, he even gave her, I don't know if you noticed that, the opportunity to ask questions and get answers. How cool is that? Um, she says, how would this be? I can't find it now. You know, I just love it. I absolutely love it. But let's remember here that Mary had the most important call anybody could ever get from God. She was to give birth to his son on earth. So I'm going to go with fair enough that she got the special mail delivery system um, for her. But you know, here's the thing. Mary was privileged to have a visit from the angel Gabriel, which was very rare. But you know what? We, that's you and me, are also privileged because we live in AD times. And AD, I'm going to keep saying it slightly differently, and I'm not going to use Anna, Anna Domino, I can't now say it. Because <laughs> I wasn't even using that. We live in AD times, after death, after Jesus' death and resurrection. So we get to be led by the Spirit of God living inside us. That's the privilege we get. Most of us are not going to get an angelic visitation, but all of us get to be led by the Spirit of God, just as Jesus was. I hope you got that, because we don't get to do life like Mary. We get to do life... Like Jesus. How exciting is that? Let's have a look at it for a moment. Jesus was led by Holy Spirit. Acts 10 verse 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. John 5 verse 19. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly. And when he says, by the way, truly, truly, he's going to say it again later. When he says truly, truly, he doesn't mean maybe. He means truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. And then Jesus promised that we too would be empowered by his Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, says Jesus. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are at the ends of the earth, I think, considering. (laughs) John 16 verse 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, this is what Jesus said, He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. It sounds a lot like John 5.19 from earlier when he said, the son doesn't do whatever he wants to do. He does what the father tells him to do. And we are hearing that we will hear from the father through the Holy Spirit. We will hear how to speak and how to do the things of God here on earth. 
Then Jesus said, we could do greater works than him by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 12 to 17, and notice he starts with, truly, truly, not maybe. Truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. This is Jesus, the works that he did. He raised children from the dead. He raised men from the dead. He raised a lot of people from the dead. (laughs) He made the blind see and the lame walk. Hallelujah. He set people free. So, where was I? Whoever, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he or she do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So we might not get an angel visitation. Instead, we get to live and hear and do great works by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Can I hear a wow? So get this, we get to be Jesus' hands and feet to the people around us. 1 Corinthians 12 speaks of how we are all parts of one body. And that actually brings us to the food bank very nicely. That's where we should have put the food bank. I should have planned this with you properly. Um, (laughs) Because actually we get to use our hands, pick up a packet of crisps, pay for it at the till and put it in a food bank box. How exciting is that? We get to be Jesus' hands to feed and to care for people. We get to be Jesus' feet. We get to be Jesus' body because that's what the scriptures describe us as. One body. Romans 12 calls that one body the body of Christ. We are literally enacting Jesus here on earth. And Romans 12 tells us how to minister to others with our unique gifts. We're not all hands and feet. Some of us are eyes and ears and mouth and nose and other parts. Knees. Knees and hips, (laughs) and all the bits that makes it work. In this way, and I had such a revelation of this in the prayer meeting last week, and it just overcame me, so I want you to just catch it for a moment, because in this way we get to work in partnership with Almighty God through his Holy Spirit indwelling us. We get to work in partnership with God to see his purposes done on earth. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says, we are God's fellow workers. That's what we're described as. So, why do we have such a privilege of serving with God in partnership? Point two, because he favours us. And it's really okay to feel good about that. He favours me. Say it to yourself. He favours me. How exciting is that? Luke 1, 28 to 29, when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, this is what he said. Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I feel like I might react like that, actually. Certainly if Mark came in and said to me, greetings, Lydia, oh, favoured one, I'd be like, "Mm, what do you want? What do you need? But maybe in this case, it was more like, what? Really? I'm favoured by God? Me? Little young Mary? He noticed me? Again, let me remind you that we live in AD times. That's after he did all that was necessary. D, did. (laughs) I said I was going to keep changing it. It's after death, yes. But it's also after Jesus did all that was necessary to make us right and acceptable and favoured by God so that we too can be called, oh, favoured one. Turn to your neighbour and tell them, you are favoured by God. And as we were so um, blessed to hear at the beginning by Dave, Zephaniah 3 verse 17, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Apparently, he will be twirling. Hallelujah. And John 15 verse 16, Jesus said this. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's privilege, guys. That is privilege. That's AD privilege. After Jesus did all that was necessary to make you favoured by God. God chooses you, yes, you, to partner with him in saving others on earth. And let me say that I am certain that anything God calls you to will actually involve his salvation for others. It's the central point of every ministry. And if it isn't for some reason, then it's probably not God's ministry, it's yours. It's probably, I'm going to be honest, I really thought about this and I wasn't sure about whether to keep it in, but I decided I would. So I'm sorry if it sounds a bit controversial, but listen, I've got a really long list here and I'm going to go through it quickly. Building toilets, feeding the poor, running parent and toddler groups, helping refugees, baking cakes for an event, playing a musical instrument, helping the homeless, caring for those who are mentally or physically distressed, running a church, being in a pantomime, doing crafts, making tea, laying out chairs, laying cables and twiddling buttons and collecting for the food bank, I am sure that whatever God calls you to will involve opportunity for others to receive his salvation. We're not do-gooders, which is what some of the world calls us in church, do-gooders. Oh, you're do-gooders, you are. You've got to be kidding. We do a lot of rubbish too. (laughs) We're not do-gooders, but we are do-godders. We all get to live out the call from the Great Commission in all that we do. And just to remind you what the Great Commission is, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20 said this, just what Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, Jesus said, I am with you always to the ends of the age. But remember... Point three, we get to choose to come into agreement with his call on us. 
So, God favours you and chooses and calls you, yes you, even you, but he doesn't force his ways onto you. I don't want to paint the strong picture that I had in my head, but he called Mary and he didn't force her. She could have said no. She instead accepted his call on her. She agreed with God and said, yes, that's my job. Okay, I'll take it on. This is what she said in Luke 1, 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She basically said, let it happen. He did not force it upon her. In my experience, everything in God's best for us requires our own agreement with him. He does not force his ways on us. He chooses us and then he invites us to freely choose to come in agreement with him. And that actually includes making that basic decision to live our lives for him and his glory rather than for our own purposes. So, if you have never made that choice, if you've never come into active agreement with the truth of AD after Jesus' death and resurrection, that's after Jesus did everything to make you right and acceptable and favoured by God, today is the best day to do that. And I'll let you into a secret, every day's the best day to do that. Like a cocker spaniel, what's today? The best day! <laughs> always the best day. So don't put it off. The only way to be saved to life everlasting in heaven and life on earth in partnership with God is through your individual, your own acceptance of that message. So I'm going to lead us through a prayer to give you an opportunity in the room and um, in the Zoom. It's not the Zoom, online. (laughs) So If you agree with the words on screen, please pray them aloud. And do say them aloud. Use your mouth and use your voice. It's very powerful. It changes the atmosphere around you. Pray them aloud with me now so that you can begin to live out your first and true purpose and calling, which is to live and be in partnership with God forever. Hallelujah. So if you want this in your life, whether you've prayed it before, you've prayed it a hundred times, it doesn't matter. If you agree with it, pray it aloud. Let's go. (coughs) Father God, I thank you for Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. I accept that Jesus's death and resurrection was everything needed to make me right and favoured by God. Today, I turn away from my old ways and come into agreement with your forgiveness for my past mistakes and choose to seek and live out your best ways for my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might be empowered and led by you for the rest of my days on earth. Amen. So, now you've agreed to God's plan for you. Like Mary, it's time to discover point four. It won't always be easy or smooth. See what I did there? Come on in, let's do this. Now I'm going to tell you the bad stuff. Here's the small print. So Mary said yes 
to God. And she got to carry his Messiah through pregnancy. Now, I don't know if you realise this, and I think this is one of the most important things I must tell you. It's actually really important that Jesus was born on earth because that's the only legitimate way to actually enter Earth. We've got a newborn baby at the back. Congratulations, Guy. If you want to go see a newborn baby, you can go have a little gander at the baby at the back. Um, (laughs) It's the only legitimate way to enter the Earth. Everybody that ever lived after Adam and Eve was born to be here. It's how it works. It's how God made it work. Jesus had to be born to live on earth as a legitimate human being. Because this is part of what the um, parable of the sheep that he tells refers to. John 10 verse 1, this is what Jesus said. He didn't say maybe, he said truly. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The doorway into earth is through birth. Jesus entered earth in the legitimate way through the door. I'm not talking about Caesarean, that's fine too. This is not Macbeth. Okay. Um, (laughs) Satan, the thief and robber, entered the earth illegitimately. He just landed on earth. So he is the thief and robber that comes in another way, is how Jesus said it. Why is that important? Because Jesus had to be a legitimate human being on earth to save humanity. If he just dropped down onto earth from heaven, he could not atone for human sin because he would not be human. It's like a school football team subbing in Harry Kane and then going on to win the school match, the inter-school match. It would be unfair and wrong. Only school children can legitimately win a school match. If you sub in the England captain, that doesn't count. That's disqualified. Jesus had to be a human. Therefore, he had to enter the earth as all humans do. He did not have an advantage over us in his entry or in his living out God's purposes on earth. I really believe that. He would have been compressed in the birth canal. He would have cried as a baby. I'm sorry, I hate the no crying he makes nonsense. Of course he cried. It's how babies get air into their lungs. I told these lovely new parents at the back, I said, don't worry if your baby cries out. Hallelujah, when your baby cries out, quite honestly. There are some parents who have dearly wanted to hear their babies cry out. He would have cried. He might have had nappy rash. And his mummy would have rubbed his back to bring up wind. Yes, Jesus had wind. I'm sure of it. He felt what we felt and what we feel. He knew hunger. He knew the desire to pee. And I'm sorry if this is out of your comfort zone, but get out of your comfort zone because he had to function as a human being. He had intestines. He had a bowel. He had all the bits that go through the middle that make the food that comes in this end go out that end and do the goodness in your body that you need it to do. And he also felt joy, fear, and frustration and all the other human elements that we get to encounter. So Jesus didn't just have it smooth and easy. He didn't just land on earth, but Mary. Mary said yes to such an important task to bring Jesus to earth legitimately. She would have experienced pregnancy. 
pregnancy hormones and the associated mental challenges that come when your body is growing a human being. Here are some of the small print side effects of pregnancy hormones for you. Morning sickness, mood swings, trouble with concentration, uh, cravings, varicose veins, skin, hair and nail changes, joint issues due to softening ligaments, hemorrhoids, constipation, practice contractions, indigestion and nesting instinct. No, sorry, Mary, you can't nest here. We're off to Bethlehem. <laughs> In late-stage pregnancy. Why not? <laughs> then, after a long journey, she gives birth in a stable. Hang on a minute. That's giving birth in a stable. <laughs> and I'm sure she will have experienced labour in all its natural ways. There will have been contractions. That's how the baby gets out. There will have been leaking fluids. I'm sorry. The pushing. The fear. The wonder. Just because it's God's call and you've agreed with it for your life does not mean there will be no trouble. In fact, most likely there will be trouble ahead. I saw this picture on Facebook and it really made me laugh. I hope it comes up. There it is. Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by a young man who thinks to himself, what this girl needs is a drum solo. <laughs> It's actually one of my favourite Christmas songs. I love the little drummer boy song. Um, I don't know why, I just do. Pa-ra-pa-pum-pum, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but seriously, it wasn't over after birthing the baby. Perhaps a small boy with a drum did not approach her. But Mary had to run away to a foreign country. She had to run away to Egypt. It would have felt very foreign. I mean, I've seen ancient Egypt. It doesn't look like, and, doesn't, and the people don't look like, the same as the people that were around them in Bethlehem at the time. She had to run away to Egypt to keep that baby safe from King Herod's horrific genocide of baby boys. So I think we can see that accepting God's call on you won't always be easy or smooth, but point five, hallelujah, we got there. It will include joy. Many people confuse joy with happiness, but I'm telling you today that they are very distinct and different. This is why joy is not dependent on your circumstances being good. It's actually only dependent on your soul being in a good place. And your soul, as someone said last week even, is your mind, will, and emotions. That's what your soul is. I found these little phrases on the Compassion which, uh, website, which is a Christian child sponsorship charity. Joy is in the heart, happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul, happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends, happiness reacts. I quite like those. There were more, actually, if you want to go look. But anyway, the Apostle Paul knew the only way to real joy is Jesus. And this is what he said. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he thinks, I don't think they're getting it. So he says, again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice is to stir up joy in yourself. It's about give yourself joy. Get joy, he says. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, guys, difficulty does not mean the absence of joy. 
In fact, sometimes it can be the way through to the most profound, sort of deep, inner joy that you ever get to experience. Therefore, in the midst of all the possible shame that Mary would have um, had, travelling, pregnancy and postpartum hormones, Mary could have joy everlasting. And because of her obedience, so can we. And this is why we sing the song, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. I'm going to just go through that first verse. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Jesus has come to save us from sin. That's why it's joy, because God has come. Let earth receive her king. The best of God's love is available to all on earth. Receive it, guys, receive it. Let every heart prepare him room. That's up to you to choose individually. And heaven and nature sing. Heaven was rejoicing. And heaven and nature sing. Nature in Mary's body was at work. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Mary chose to join in with heaven and sing. You can read all of Mary's song in Luke 1, 46 to 45, but it begins with just these words. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. So like Mary, we get to command our soul, that's our mind, our will and our emotions, to magnify the Lord. We magnify him when we choose to make him And his purposes, bigger than our own thoughts or fears. And Christmas is such a special season. Because it's when we have chosen to corporately rejoice in God our Saviour. So we're not going to go through all that, you know, he wasn't born in December, he was born in September nonsense. (laughs) Because actually, we don't really know anyway. And so also, because this is when we've chosen to celebrate. Let's celebrate together at some point. This is the chosen time. So let's pray as we lead towards a final song of rejoicing in our Saviour. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for calling us because you favour us. We choose to come into agreement with your call. We choose to seek your call if we don't know what it is on our individual lives, knowing it won't always be easy or smooth, but believing it will include joy because we get to do life with you, empowered by your Holy Spirit. And that is awesome. Amen. Amen. If anyone wants to chat through any of that or discuss any of that, please be one of us at the end. God bless you.